0: Amen, amen, and thank you, Brother Randy. All right, in in Philippians chapter 1, in Philippians chapter 1, and I back it up, I don't think I need to remind you all, you're here, uh, the ones of you that are here are here just about every Sunday night, but you uh, remember that I've gotten all hung up in Galatians chapter 6, and uh, I never... I never dreamed uh, that the Lord would speak to me so much related to that. But uh, we we were in, in that verse. It says, "God is not mocked; whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap." And we could talk about for no telling how long on the on the bad side of that. And and over the years, I've seen so much of that. I just have seen so much of that. People just wreck their own life and experience by uh, dumb choices made or whatever. So that's true. Most of the time people think in that way but what I've been doing is doing it on the positive side. If we sow to the spirit uh, and sow to the flesh is what the Bible says in that chapter. Sow into the spirit and sow into the flesh. And I have just felt led to Share with you a series of messages uh, on that part how to sow to the Spirit. How to sow to the Spirit. And so we've come down to what I think will be the last part of that. One of the most unique ways to sow to the Spirit, of course, is in a prayer life. We would all admit that, that know the Lord and follow His leading that when we pray, we are led by the Spirit. Every true prayer, I believe with all my heart, is initiated by the Holy Spirit. And we're told in the Bible, we don't know what to pray for, and we don't know how to pray. And I, I think that all of you would agree with me tonight that oftentimes when I'm praying about something or praying for someone, I really don't know how to pray for that, for that person or that situation And, of course, the reason I say that is because God's will is involved in that. Anytime you pray for somebody else, always remember that God has a perfect will for that person that you're praying for. And we ought to be careful to always pray that God's will would be done in that. So we come down to that verse in that chapter where it says, in the 10th verse of the 6th chapter of Galatians, It says, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially them that are of the household of the faith. And I brought you several messages on this subject, how to pray for the unsaved. And that is a good question. People ask me about that all the time, you know. And a lot of times people uh, just don't stop to think about how to do that, how to do that. And so not taking into consideration the sovereignty of God in that matter. And so we studied that. And then uh, I come down to that part about especially them are the household of the faith. And I showed you how that that, the the practical application of that for us is uh, the people that are uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ and members of our church. That's what it ought to be. And I've encouraged you along the way that if you want to pray for people, you should seek, ask the Lord to lay somebody on your heart. And He'll do it. And uh, He has chosen. He don't have to. God can do anything He wills. He don't have to involve us in it. He don't need me but He has chosen to use our praying to bring about His purpose and His plan, our involvement in that. And I think that's just such an awesome, awesome truth. And so what I've been doing is giving you things. You can pray for somebody. If you if you want to pray for some person, you feel led to pray for them, things that you can pray for them and know that you're praying for them in line with the Word of God. And and of course, where I've taken that is the prayers that we find in the New Testament. And especially uh, the Apostle Paul. Because it is recorded, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, things that he prayed for. Things he prayed for. And so there it is. In the ninth verse of this chapter, here's what it says. And this I pray. He's praying for the folks at Philippi. The Philippian church this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment now I, I've, I've brought a couple messages about related just to that word abound and I think that's an awesome word it is an awesome word it has an awesome meaning so in other words if I were to have you to bow with me and I said these words I pray for my brothers and sisters in Emmanuel Baptist Church that their love may abound yet more and more. I would be praying in line with the Word of God. I'd be praying that. And we can pray for individuals as God lays them on our hearts related to that. Now here's what I want to do. Having shared with you in last Sunday night all the places that I I found that was unique about that word abound. And the meaning of that word is to exceed a fixed number or measure to overflow. And so our love can overflow. Our love can grow. And it is so important because that is the factor that motivates what we do in our service of the Lord. Is our love, our love. And so we ought to seek to grow. If you wanted to say, well, I I need to pray that we grow. Well, that's okay. You, you pray that we grow, but love is that, uh, that factor that causes the growth that is part of the growth. So I want to move tonight to something else. Now I had, I had prayed that I had preached on the fact that we ought to pray that love abound. It's there. It is an example for us in the scripture. But I want to move tonight to a different uh, point that is laid down in this particular verse. And that is the limited scope of abounding love. And it's here. It is here. The limited scope of abounding love. Is there a limit? You better believe there is. And the limit in this, in other words, if I were to pick out somebody that was here tonight and decide I want to pray that prayer, I could pick on Brother Moore. I could say, "All right, I'm going to pray for Brother Moore, that his love may abound more and more. We would automatically know that one of the factors that would limit uh, the scope of that in my prayer would be his willingness to do so. If he didn't care whether he growed or not, and I'm picking on him because you know that he does care about that, but if he didn't care about that, if he didn't want to grow, in in love for the Lord and everything that is of Christ's interest, then it's not going to happen. It wouldn't happen. In other words, if you wanted to say to me tonight before you leave, Preacher, I want that prayer prayed for me. I'll guarantee you I'll pray that prayer for you. I will pray it for you. And I will know by your request that you desire that that's a reality. But then there's something else in the verse. And... There are two words that are given us in this verse. And so this is what I want to share with you tonight. These two words that are given us in this verse. More and more in knowledge and in judgment. Now, probably next Sunday night, I will uh, bring a message on the reward of that. Let's say that it happens in my life. Let's say it happens in your life. Is there something going to come from it? You better believe it. And it's found here in the 10th and 11th verse. But tonight, these two words that are found in verse 9. That their love may abound more and more. Number one, in knowledge. And number two, in judgment in your King James Bible. And that's interesting. That word judgment there in, in, in our Bibles, only place in all the King James Version of the Bible where that Greek word is translated judgment. Just one. Only one. And so that, ha- that is full of meaning. So growing in love, abounding in love, yet more and more, in knowledge. So what does that mean? Love, uh, and I, I, I want to point this out. I, I've done it before and I think it's unique. When we talk about love in the Christian's experience, we're talking about something different from everyday human love that we'd find out here in the world. And we have a really good description of that in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Really good. It is an awesome description. And so the love that I'm talking about tonight, scripturally, would be that love as it says in uh, Romans chapter 5 and verse 5, that is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That's that love. That is that love. Now there's something really special about that love, and uh, I've illustrated it this way uh, before in preaching. You take normally love. You you gotta know someone to love them, and I tell you that to know me is to love me. <laughs> To know, and, and, and knowing, you have to know somebody. It, now, normally you do. You, and I have used this illustration before over the years. And it got started back when I was in Bible college. There's about four uh, men that I discovered something unique in their life and in their experience. And of course, we hit it right off. Immediately. We hit it right off because we shared something in common. And uh, in, our, in our Christian walk, we, we don't love everyone to the same degree. We just don't. We can't help that. We, it's just part of our makeup. We love some more than we love others. And so I was thinking about that today. There's about four fellows that even though that's been over 40 years, over 40 years, I mean I just think the world of those guys and and I love them in the Lord. I love them in the Lord. And uh, you know when something happens uh, one of them lives far, far away. Distance don't matter, time don't matter. And I, I got a phone call the other day after the tornadoes. Are you all right? Is everybody in your family all right? You know and And where did this hit? And and, uh, talked about how we can help, help those people and stuff like that. And so I could stand up here and I could describe those people. I could describe them. I could spend hours telling you about them. And I could telling you all about them. I could tell you what their name is, what their wives' names are, what their children's names are. I could tell you about experiences they've had over the years as we've shared communication together. But it wouldn't matter how much I told you about them. I could say to you, now I love that fella and I want you to love him too. But you've never met him. You don't know him. You can't love somebody you don't know. You can't. But I want you to know that the love that's shed abroad in the heart of the believer is a different kind of love. It is a different love. And here's the big difference. You see, we can't command human love. I can't make anybody love me. I can't make them. I want them to, but I can't force them to. But you know what that love I'm preaching about tonight that's shed abroad in the heart by the Holy Spirit, the Lord commands it. And he can command it. Why can't he do that? Because it is there. It is there. We're told to love our brothers and sisters in the Lord. And by this, Jesus said, all men know you are my disciples. So this is a different love. That's what this love is in this passage of scripture. So how does it, how does it play in that Paul says that our love may abound yet more and more in knowledge, in knowledge? Let me tell you where that love starts. I know. I've had the experience. I've known the Lord a long time. It starts with our love for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You say, preacher, now have you ever ever, uh, talked to Him one-on-one? Have you ever looked Him in the eye and talked to Him? No. Has He ever talked to you? Not verbally, He hasn't. He spoke to me in ways that you would understand if you know Him. But uh, even though I don't know him like I know Brother Aaron tonight, I still love him and I love him because it is a work of grace in my heart. A work of grace in my heart. And we know when that's true and when it's, when it's not true. And so that's the starting point. In knowledge, it is, it's saying that this love that Paul's praying for, that it might abound, needs to be instructed. And that's true. It needs to be instructed. And uh, so Christ must be a living reality in our very soul, heart and soul. And that's where it is. That's where knowing the Lord... People ask you all the time, do you know the Lord? I ask people that quite often. You know, I get in conversation with a total stranger and work it around. I've got the sneakiest ways to bring about conversations. I mean, I just... I've learned it over the years, and might ask somebody, do you know the Lord? Well, you find out a lot of times they know about Jesus, but that's about it. This is different. It's a living reality. And when that's what drew me to the Savior, it drew me to Him, is knowing Him or He being a reality in my my life. It's personal and spiritual acquaintance. And whenever you find these things true in someone's life, He's adored. He's adored. And you know I say it all the time, it's so simple. It is so simple. It's that which motivates the child of God to serve Him. If it's not there, there will not be any interest in serving Him and living for Him and being faithful to Him and desiring from the bottom of our heart to do and think and be that which honors and glorifies Him and promotes His kingdom and cause. There's only one thing that will do that. Nothing else works. If we don't have that kind of love in our heart, it it won't grow and it may not even be the right kind of love. So our love for Him, uh, in order to increase, we must be occupied by His perfections. You say, is that really right? Is that what it means to uh, that our love abound in knowledge? Oh, some of you could tell me tonight. Uh, My experience is just like yours, preacher. As the years have gone by, and I have delighted in His perfections, it's caused me to love Him more and more. We sing that song, Oh for grace, to trust Him more. We ought to sing, Oh for grace, to love Him more. And if it's a good experience for a person to love the Lord in that way, it ought to be a good experience for a person to love Him even more. So how does that come about? It's interesting. It comes about by instruction. That's how our love for the Lord grows. Now that love for the Lord, it doesn't just stop there. That love for the Lord of course, as you all know, it develops into our love for the things that are of His interest. I love the church. I sincerely do. That's not boastful. I'm not bragging about that. The reason I'm not bragging about it is because I'm not responsible for that. I'm, I was blessed of the Lord. If I'm going to love my Lord and Savior, I want to tell you something. I better love the church. And if I didn't, you all would know it and you'd have me uh, sent out on a rail, tarred and feathered on top of that. Because you wouldn't want a preacher that didn't love his church. (laughs) I brag all the time. Somebody told me the other day, well, that's something new. I'm not used to hearing a preacher uh, delighting in uh, the good things about the church that he pastors. And a lot of pastors, I know this for a fact, and it's sad. I want to tell you something. If I couldn't tell somebody, uh, I told somebody the other day, come and see us at Emmanuel, the greatest church in the state of Kentucky. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart. You say, preacher, don't you see our warts and faults and flaws and stuff like that? I choose not to look for it. Did you know that's a good? that's good advice? You know, if you wanted to, there's all kinds of things about me that you could be critical of. There's all kinds. If you don't have a list of them, you come to me and I'll give them to you. I'll tell t- I'll admit my flaws and my faults. You know, people go around in life and you know what they do? And they're miserable. I feel sorry for them. They're always looking for something wrong with somebody else. And I gotta tell you something. You cannot lift yourself up and elevate yourself by tearing somebody else down. It just don't work. And we run into that all the time. I do. I run into it all the time. People that go around looking for something wrong with somebody somebody else. And a lot of times it is the very people in their own family, the people they ought to love but they just go around constantly, just constantly and they're miserable, they really are I tell you what, it'll eat you like a cancer, it really will I choose and I I, I thank God for the grace that helps me do it I choose not to look for faults in people, sometimes they'll smack you right in the face (laughs) sometimes you just can't help it you know, it'll just be there But you can say, Lord, bless them. (laughs) Lord, have mercy on them. Lord, help them. You know, you can. You can do that. You can make it a practice of of praying for people. And I've told you this before. I've I've had people, you'd imagine that it would be true over the years to treat me pretty bad. I really have. I mean, I've had people to do things that I can't believe that they sneaked around behind my back and done things uh, to hurt me or hurt, harm what I wanted to do or be or whatever. You say, well, preacher, how do you feel about me? I have no bad feelings. I have none. And many a time I've walked up to somebody after they've done things that they've done. And shake their hand or hug their neck and tell them I love them. And I meant it from the bottom of my heart. I don't have to love your actions. But I can love you. And so, that's, that's not an invitation to mistreat your preacher, preacher, by the way. Don't pull it. Like I tell you, every once in a while for the right, don't get you the left and wheel. <laughs> but anyway, that's an interesting thing, that love needs to be fed. It needs to be fed. And I just absolutely don't know a better way to feed that love than the Word of God. The Word of God. Interesting passage. Um, I was thinking about it the other day. It's in the little book of 3rd John. It's in the little book of 3rd or 2nd John. I'm sorry. 2nd John. Well, that little bitty letter from the Apostle John. But he starts off by, and he uses uh, interesting language here when he says, The elder unto the elect lady and her children. Now, in my in my view, he's not talking about a person. He's talking about a church, elect lady and her children, is what he's talking about. Whom I love, and then he adds this: in the truth, I love in the truth. I think all of us could share that we we our love is different for people that uh, we we believe that they love the truth. I do. I love the truth. I love the truth. I, I really do. And I have a special place in my heart for people who love the truth also. And that's what he says, uh, whom I love in the truth. And not only I, but also all they that have known the truth. You see how he does that? That's the knowledge that I'm preaching about. He goes on in verse 2, for the truth's sake which dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever. Uh, What an awesome verse that is. And i got to tell you all something, the truth is something really special and unique in the walk of a Christian. Of course, he goes on down here and um, he says more about this. In the fifth verse, he says, Now beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another, and this is love that we walk after his commandments. How many of you would admit your feelings are different for your brother and sister if you know they love the Word of God? I do. There's some that in my experience, who when I talk to, it just comes out. They have this deep love for truth. There are some that seem they don't seem to care what's truth and what's What's not proof? I heard somebody say something the other day. It didn't have anything to do with the Bible. I don't think I can't remember for sure the setting, but this person and it was a political statement about people who who lie, and they don't tell the truth now that would be political, wouldn't it? these <laughs> politicians that act like that, but this person, and it wasn't a religious a conversation, but this person. He was a black man. And he said, to not tell the truth and live the truth is an insult to Almighty God. You think about that. It is true. It's true. So he says that. And um, he... um, Goes on to tell us something unique about the truth and that which is not. He says in verse nine, "Whosoever transgresseth and bideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God, and he that bideth in the, doc, bideth in the doctrine of God, a, uh, doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son." Now listen to this: If we come, if there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God speed. You see, that's that's what that's talking about. That's talking about truth. And it, listen, and this is a good verse to remember: For he that biddeth him Godspeed is a partaker of his evil deed. And that's important. His evil deeds. And so, this matter of growing, abounding in love, in knowledge, in knowledge. And I'm not going to have time to get into that other word. In Judgment. But I just want to tell you to whet your appetite a little bit. So you won't be sure not to miss next Sunday night. Because I'll pick that right back up. Because that is an interesting word. In Judgment. The only verse in all of the New Testament. That interprets that Greek word. In Judgment. I'll give you a little advance notice. As to what the meaning of that word is. In this context, it means in discernment. There's something really special about our love growing and what the end result of it is. And of course, I'm going to be preaching on the end result too. You can be looking at that passage. You can be saying, Lord, show me what the preacher's going to preach. <laughs> you can do it, it's right there. So, if you want your love to abound tonight, be sure you, uh, your love, you seek that your love. And this is part of the limited scope. If you shut that Bible up, if you do to, like some people who claim to be saved, you don't never look at it. You don't never read it. You never have the interest to study it, to show yourself approved unto God. A workman need not be ashamed, rightly inviting the word of truth. If you don't care about that, you've already limited the scope of this prayer request in your own personal life. Get in there. Read it. Study it. Listen to your Sunday school teacher. Listen to the preacher. Listen to people who want to witness to you and talk to you about the Word of God and seek to grow and understand this verse tells us that that love is fed by the truth it is fed that way Father we praise you and thank you for uh, these words that are used in this text we thank you that what the potential is for our love to grow and prosper Uh, without limit to overflow and we thank you too that it must be in line with what the word teaches and just to know that our love that motivates us that love for Christ and love for his kingdom and his cause and what he come here for and what he's working on through his people can grow and abound, but it must do so within the context of the teaching of your word. We thank you for teaching us that. Now bless us tonight as we close the service, speak to our hearts as you see fit. In Christ's name and for his sake we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me now while Brother Aaron leads us? If you'll turn to 349, page 349.